When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Mind Love, episode 117. This episode is all about making time and space for love. Carving out time to make dinner, to really be connected with your friend. This Valentine's Day, or the month of love, you don't have to be married to have Valentine's Day. You could be single, you could be dating somebody, but it's up to you to design your own day to make it fun. So when I was single, I brought all my friends together that were single. We all brought a single friend and we went out to dinner and we brought a gift and everybody got a gift and we talked about the love to come. So use Valentine's Day as a visionary time for love. Turn up your frequency with Mind Love. Bite-sized brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. Hi, friends and wild people. First off, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please hit the subscribe button. More subscribers means even better guests and tons more value. Plus, it helps me grow the show so more people can find it. And if you ask me, everyone could use a little more mind love. You guys, it's almost Valentine's Day. Are you excited? Okay, I can practically feel your eye roll from here. I'll be honest, I've had a lot of conflicting feelings about Valentine's Day over the years. I remember having my first boyfriend and thinking, holy shit, this is the year. This is the year I'm finally let into the V Club. Valentine's people, not virginity. Although, that was that year too. Then he dropped the ball. In both departments, actually. (laughs) And then I started hating Valentine's Day. The high prices, the cheap stuffed animals, the crowded restaurants. But what I'm coming to realize now is Valentine's Day is what you make of it. The only meaning this day has is what you give it. I totally get the argument against Valentine's Day about it being too capitalistic, but if Valentine's Day is a day that brings up negative feelings for you, you're only hurting yourself by allowing these feelings to come up year after year. You can always pick and choose the things that you keep and cultivate from any day or memory or experience or even a relationship. Valentine's Day can just be a day to celebrate love, however you currently have love in your life. You can use the day as a reminder to focus your love on yourself or your friendships or with your mom. And you can do all of that without spending a dime. So today we're talking about love. This episode has a little for single people and those of you in relationships, because in both cases, you have to take time for love, whether that's to create a new spark or keep the old flame alive. Our guest today is Renee Piani. She's an international relationship reinvention expert and dating consultant and author of the book, Get Real About Love. She helps busy, successful people heal their hearts so that they can find true love. Three key things we will learn today are how to create and keep the spark in love, how to get out of a love loop when you're repeating the same relationship patterns, thinking that this time will be different only to find it the same, 
and how to get clear on the vibes you give off. But before we get into all that, do you want to know the easiest way to bring yourself to a mindset of love first thing in the morning each day? Sign up for the Morning Mind Love for daily inspirational emails right to your inbox. I get messages from people every single day about how the Morning Mind Love is their favorite way to start the day or that the message that came through is exactly what they needed to hear. Just visit mindlove.com and sign up right there on the homepage. Plus, you'll get some amazing free gifts when you do. You'll get a free guided binaural affirmation meditation designed to rewire your brain to your highest self. And you'll get one of my favorite tools, a really cool booklet of Powerless to help you gain clarity and live with intention. And it's all completely free. Just go to mindlove.com to sign up. Or if you're out and about, just text the word morning to 33777. That's morning to 33777. And now let's welcome Renee Piani to the show. Hi, Melissa. I'm so happy to meet you. I looked you up and I was amazed and your Mind Love podcast is right up my alley. So I'm happy (laughs) to be here. So what's your story? How did you become interested in helping people find love? And not just that, but actually winning the best international dating coach award. Well, I always tell people I've been doing this a long, long time. When I moved here, I was originally a bridal consultant and I got them prepared for their weddings, the brides, the grooms, the families. And that was back in Delaware, back in the early 80s. And I decided to come to California to be a community connector and to spread my message about relationships because all day long I used to hear problems about love. So I started to do research myself And I had a natural knack of making people feel more confident and beautiful with image, but it was more important because I was doing Reiki back then. And I understand you've studied Reiki and healing. And I think really what it really is, is I have a natural gift to open people up and heal their hearts. So it started way back then. And for me to go advance all these years, I've been in this industry over 29 years and I was led to do classes for men at the Learning Annex. And you might be even too young to know what the Learning Annex is. Do you remember what that is, the Learning Annex? It sounds familiar, but I don't really know much about it. Okay. Well, it was a magazine that had popular authors and they got you to come and speak on your favorite topic, right? So I got asked to to go do makeovers on a segment of a class and then I found myself being inundated at the back of the table from my 20-minute conversation with a group of single men, divorced. It was so fascinating, and I was so excited. So the men were all raising their hands, and they were saying, can I talk to you after the class? So I had a line, and I wrote all their names down, and that was before the internet, right? So I had like this number, and they'd call, and I started coaching men on the side. And I became the first male coach like Hitch before Hitch was out. And from that, I got asked to teach in the magazine. So I wrote a book for men back then, this book called Love Mechanics. And this book got me on television. And then I started to do events to bring people in the community in Los Angeles to meet each other and to connect. And I was matching people. So this woman came up to me and she said, I want to do speed dating and I don't have anybody that knows anything about love. Would you partner with me? And I am not a techie like you, Melissa. So I told her, you do the tech work. I'll pay for the company to put it up online. And that was back in 2000. So we were the first two women in America to pioneer. And this was before all of what we have now, like all this technology to make it so easy. So I became this love guru back in the 80s and 90s, you know, so 
it's my life. And from all of my pioneering and work and putting thousands of people together, I ended up winning one of the first international dating coach awards. And I've been nominated for many, many years since. So it's just a gift that I have to help people. That's awesome. It's funny. I have always wanted to try speed dating. I just think it sounds so fun. But then you look back and it's like, I'm super happily married. I'm like, okay, but I kind of miss the dating app scene. I kind of miss the speed (laughs) dating scene. Can I just have a pass for one day to go try it out? (laughs) Well, you know, every time you network, it's really interesting because I'm married as well. I've been married to my husband 14 years and I looked up all of your Instagrams and your beautiful love pictures and just your personality. It's just everything is so cool, you know, that you're doing. I really think that when you're married, you can still get juice. I call it the juice. Like when you go out and you meet people and you feel a connection, right? That's why I like doing video on radio shows so that people can feel my passion and your passion, right? And when you are married, my husband and his, I teach flirting, right? I teach people how to flirt with life. So when I go out, I like to, and if I really feel the connection with somebody energetically, it is sort of like speed dating. So I started rapid dating and then I still do rapid networking events and cocktail mixers and I'll be doing more. I just did one in Christmas. We had 200 people there and they were mixing it up. (laughs) That's good to hear because that's something that my husband and I have talked about where I think it's kind of healthy to have that flirting edge. Otherwise, it feels like you're turning off a whole side of yourself. That's important to even have in your relationship. Like if you completely turn off your flirting, it's so easy to turn that off in the relationship at home too. And then there's not as much of a spark. And so do you think it's healthy to keep flirting a little bit, harmless flirting when you're in a relationship? Well, that's interesting. But in my marriage, I talk about the art of balancing life, love, family, and business. So if you and your husband, I don't know what he does. Are you guys juggling a lot of things and you're on one schedule and he's on another? And I don't know, how long have you been married? We'll use you as the example. Yeah, I've been married five years. Okay. You've been married five years. Well, I've been with the same man for 17 years and married 14, right? So when people see us, they always say, how do you keep that spark? Well, because I teach these things and I'm around people, I get what I call a little bit of juice from other men, from people that love me. And I know as you build fans and, you know, in your business, when people call and say that your work made a difference, that to me is my flirting. And, you know, I work with men and I do makeovers and sometimes they flirt with me when I'm shopping with them and they'll say, oh, you know, you're so pretty. And it makes me feel wanted and gives me that vibe, that feeling of, wow, somebody else sees me as sexy and beautiful. And sometimes when you're married, you you have ups and downs with life and illnesses and colds and family stuff. So I teach about how to keep in sync. And for couples, we do rituals. I do rituals to take away my stress of my day so that I can switch back into my feminine. Because when you're go, 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 and you're on the internet and on the computer all day, you get exhausted from it. So you need to do little breaks so that you can revive that feminine thing. And men need to do it too. So you got to remember men are like single focused at the end of the day, when they stop working, then they're thinking food, and relaxation and sex. Those are like three of the keys, right? Woo-hoo, we want to feel connected. And sometimes we need to feel the connection before we can jump into sex. Sometimes they like to have the sex to feel the connection. So it's kind of an, a polar opposite thing sometimes. Do you find that to be true? A hundred percent. And you know, when my husband and I first started dating, 
We had sex a lot. And now it's like I need a lot more. And I'm not sure what that was in the beginning. I've thought about this a lot. And I'm wondering, maybe part of it was kind of my desire to feel like a really good girlfriend or to feel that connection or whatever it was. Yeah. And so it's like now, though, I've read a lot about why sex drives might decrease. And part of it, one theory I heard was that people think because you're living with somebody for so long, they start to form a more of a family type bond rather than a lover bond. I've read about that. That's one of the things, one of the arguments people say why having open relationships is helpful. And another is maybe I feel secure in the relationship already. So I'm not trying to entice them as much or whatever it is. And I'm not saying we never have sex. We make it a priority, but it was so much easier back then to want it all the time. And I'm wondering, how do you keep that spark or how do you reignite that? What are some of these rituals that you were talking about? Well, I think, first of all, admitting it and sometimes looking at the patterns of, I mean, it comes down to really having balance in your own work life. And sometimes you're not in sync with that. Like my husband travels a lot. So when he travels, I get to be, have my space for a few days so that when he's away, I start to flirt with him. Like he's my boyfriend that's coming in, take me out on a date. And I believe that the feminine will lead the man by you starting it. Then you reward the fact that they acknowledged it. And then they want treats, right? I call it treats. Like if you give them little treats along the way, appreciation, because sometimes you just think that they know that you love them. My husband, he really is into touching and learning the love language of your partner. Some people need a little bit different things. So do you know what your love language is with your husband? You know, things that he needs to feel loved? We're all here just trying to live our best lives, right? And while you're here listening to a podcast, you might feel like you're on the right track, but then you visit family or you have a work deadline or something unexpected comes up and you're all stressed out and it feels like all the work is out the window. That's why it's so important to consciously curate what you can control, like who you surround yourself with, what you watch, what you listen to. So I'm going to add another podcast to your toolbox, The Dr. John Deloney Show. He has a PhD in counseling and has been sitting with hurting people for 20 years. He shares practical advice for everything from how to connect with people, how to face depression, overcome anxiety, and learn just what it means to be well. But what's really cool about his show is you can even leave a voicemail or send an email and he'll address your topic or question about mental or emotional help on the show. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney show is here for you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on the website. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I really need to get something off my chest. Being a mom of a three-year-old boy is really freaking hard and sometimes it has me questioning my sanity. But then he'll grab my face and call me his sweet little mama. Yes, that's a real thing he says. <laughs> and it will all melt away until I break his banana. I thought I was done with emotionally abusive relationships, but nope. We all carry around stressors, big and small. And when we keep them all bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For me, just talking things through is hugely helpful, but it's so hard finding friends and family that are unbiased or non-judgmental. And therapy isn't just about dealing with major trauma, you know? 
It's about learning healthy coping mechanisms, setting boundaries, becoming the best version of yourself. And BetterHelp makes it super convenient, too. Everything's done online so you can fit therapy sessions around your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MindLove today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MindLove. Do you know what your love language is with your husband? You know, things that he needs to feel love? Yeah, he likes quality time and yes. touch. I almost feel a little ashamed about my love language because I'm pretty sure it's gifts. <laughs> yeah. I just, I love them. I'm a Taurus. And then I'm like, but I don't need material things. But I do feel really loved when he gives me a gift. Well, you know, Taurus people are very visual. My husband is a Taurus and he actually loves, he's very sentimental. So cards, and we have a thing, and I'm going to show this to you, and I would love all people. Now, this is only one of the many hearts that I've been given, because when people buy my book, Get Real About Love, I make them buy a heart, and when they see me in person, I give them a purple heart to use to remind you, if you're single or you in a marriage, to use this heart to connect with your partner, because sometimes you need to have that connection heart to heart before you can feel that spark again. And you make it an intention. Like my husband and I always say to him this year, I'm going to do some wild stuff to keep it spicy. Like I like to introduce it to him. And I think that Tar, you know, he's a Taurus too. You dressing up. When I get dressed up, you're in your workout clothes most of the time. And when you're working and you're on the, at home, but I try when I have a day like this, I get dressed early and he came down and he's like, wow, you're all dressed up today. You know? And I said, well, we can have a hot date later. So I set up the energy from the beginning of the day and try to look at the timing of my day to see how much I have in it and really eat and bathe and get myself in this zone. But if you're a Wonder Woman, I, I spoke about this at this huge conference. I wore this Wonder Woman costume in front of 550 super amazing women. And I'm like, okay, we have our Wonder Woman cape. We're healing the world. But what about when you get home? You fall apart by the time you get home because you're tired. So you still have a husband, you still have things to take care of, and sometimes you just don't feel like it. Well, where is that person supposed to get this love from? You know, where are you supposed to get it from? So yes, I think having other people see you and give you a compliment is makes me feel more juicy, I guess you could say. But it's more about me thinking about, wow, this is the man I've chosen. This is the person that I've chosen. This is for men and women. What am I, what could I do to improve my relationships? And, you know, when you think about what just happened with Kobe and losing his family, I just wrote a whole article about it. When you think about love that we finally have it, let's make it the best it can be. So we carve out, you know, you talk about date nights, but we carve out really sacred time, no phones, no television. And I like to dress up. And when he's out of sync and I'm out of sync, I don't get mad. So I call it. The five T, the timing, the tone, the touch, and all about being in communication after you've eaten and gotten like let go of the day. And really rituals, we sometimes take baths together, which really makes us bond. And I'm really into pranic healing and energy healing. So sometimes I strip the day, you know, I strip it off myself. You and anybody out there that knows about energy, if you give a lot, you receive a lot of energy from people. So you have to strip it off so that you can be fully there and not thinking about everything. So I make lists. This is how I relax. I do my lists. 
I write down hopefully what I'm going to do the next day. I make sure that I put aside like you were one of my main priorities. I had it on my first thing to do. And then I click into family, my husband and my dog. And now my stepson is living here. It's really been cool, but I have to literally take my mind and make a shift and say, now is love time. Now is love time. And when it gets out of sync, the heart gets put down on his desk. And sometimes he comes down and puts it on mine and he'll just put his hand on my back and he'll put the hand on the heart. Like it's time. And that's how we know. But I think I have a couple things that we do. And I do, I invite him out to meet me somewhere. And I usually go early. And this is what I used to do when I was single. Okay. When I was single, I didn't know anyone in LA. And this is why I became a community connector because I was alone. So this is for single people. You can do this when you're married or single. I used to go to bars that were happening for happy hour. And I'd always sit at the bar. I got to know the bartenders. And I didn't know anyone. And I would be alone, right? And these guys would come and sit next to me. And it made me feel pretty and everything. But sometimes I wasn't attracted. Sometimes I was. So I would sit there and talk to them. And they would sometimes buy me a drink. And if I didn't want, if I wanted to get away from them, I would find a man that was attractive that walked in the door and I'd say, there's my friend that I was meeting. I'll be right back. Go over to a stranger. This is one of the fun things I've ever done. And get, my name is Renee. And there's a guy at the bar that's bothering me. And I told him I was waiting for my friend. Would you pretend you're my friend? And what's your name? <laughs> and the guy would look at me like, really? And I said, so I'm going to hug you right now because I'm Italian. And tell me your name. So I'd go, Mike, and I'd hug it, right? And the guy at the bar would look all disappointed. And then I would meet men. Now, when you are doing this with your husband, you can say, I want you to meet me out at such and such tonight, like a date, and I'm going to go early. So you get all dressed up in something, if you can, something that he doesn't know that you're wearing. It can be something seductive and go to the bar. And then all these men (laughs) are going to talk to you. And then when he gets there, And I said, I want you to come and pick me up at the bar like you would when you were dating, like when you were single, right? I want to pretend I'm single for 30 minutes before you get there. I'll wear my ring and everything, but I'm going to just pretend I'm single, right? So notoriously, every time I've done this, it's so fun because men will come over and it'll say, good evening. You know, how are you? My name is Steve. And you start talking to them. So one time that this happened, I did this with someone and a guy came and was hitting on me and the guy got really into me and started buying me drinks. And then when he got there, the guy got really mad, you know, because Joe came in and I turned my attention. I said, excuse me, I want to talk to this gentleman. And then I kissed him and the guy like got all upset. So you got to be careful that you don't flirt too much with the other guys (laughs) because then they're going to get jealous when your husband shows up. It sure sure makes for a fun evening and it's kind of something fun to talk about. So you could try that. It's really fun. That does sound like a lot of fun. Like I said, we've totally talked about the fact that I want to go flirt and it wasn't something that I've always known. It's not like I was like, hey, you can only be with me if you know that I need to flirt all the time. It wasn't like that at all. It was more like I'm very self-aware. So when I watch the flows in my relationship and I'm like, well, what am I missing right now? Or what do I need right now? Or how do I up my energy in this area? Then we play around with ideas. And that really does work for us because part of it feels more like when you're able to talk to somebody about that and say, hey, I want to do this. I'm going to flirt a little bit. It's going to be harmless. It really strengthens the bond and feeling like we are here we are partners in this life, just trying to figure out what we need to be our happiest rather than 
I own you. Now you're mine. You can't do this or you're obligated to me in this way. And it becomes more of like, hey, how can we boost each other's energies? Because the energies, that's why self-care is so important. It all is one and the same. You have to continuously have that dialogue with yourself. And if you're in a relationship with your partner, like, what do I need right now? What's missing in my life? How can I cultivate that? How can I cultivate that for you? And then figure out a plan together, which sounds like that's really what it is. It's not like going and cheat flirting. It's just giving that little extra spark or maybe helping you feel desirable. And when you feel that way, that's when you start to magnetize exactly what you're looking for. I get that from my clients and when I speak in front of groups and people thank me. And I'm sure that you understand what I mean, because I think people like us are here to help people in the world to look at things in a new way, right? And give them insights that could spark up their love life again. But it's more important that they get it from the inside out. So my husband, I've recently had vertigo over Christmas. Okay. I was in bed spinning for the last three weeks and it goes in and out. And while I was there, I said, I feel lonely because I'm always with people. I'm bringing people together. So are you a people person? Do you get the energy from groups when you're in groups or maybe being alone? Like people that are entrepreneurs, right? A lot of times we're creating at home. We're doing the Instagramming and all that. And it gets lonely, right? So my husband even said to me this morning, you need to go to a networking thing. So this Saturday I am going to a group that I've been wanting to go to called metal and it's all men based and they only invite women in once a year. So I got invited to come and I'm honored because I love working with men and getting their perspective. And this brings it to another subject, which I think is important in relation to what we're talking about. If you're single and dating with all the me too movement and the fear men, I talk to thousands of men. I work for an international company and coach men around the world. I have taught seminars for men and they all say, why don't women make the approach? Now, there's a book I just saw in a, online that there, somebody wants, it, they're going to switch the paradigm for women to be able to walk up to somebody and say, who are you? You know, I've always done that. Women say it's the man's job. There's the rules, all these old books that implanted our minds with how it should be. And as you mentioned, there's a lot of bisexual relationships. There's people doing all sorts of alternative relationships to have alternate partners. Now, that's not one of my choice because I've interviewed hundreds of people over the years through my radio shows and stuff that had swinging relationships. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. It all depends on the base foundation of that. But as a love designer, I tell people, you design love the way that you want it. It's not about having the white picket fence anymore. The younger generation likes to have their freedom. They're not doing what our parents or grandparents did. And I find you know, that I'm a little bit older. I grew up with the mom that was in their early 60s. You know, That was when the women's movement was happening. I got influenced even differently than my sister that is older than me, who is more old fashioned, just from four years. So look at what your audience, I don't know if they're in their 30s, 40s, 50s. What is your big demographic, would you say? Um, A lot of them I've noticed are between 24 and 40. But I get reached out from men and women in their 60s even. So it's a pretty wide range. But if you look at like when I did speed dating, right, I saw 20s. 
people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s dating. It was like a study of the human spirit. The men that were older wanted younger women. The younger women would never want to be with a guy that wants a woman staying home and just cooking and cleaning and having babies. And the women are like, that's not going to happen. So there was a big disconnect with the women that are 50 and up. The men that were a little older were old school. But we became so independent during this from the 60s until now that we're taking over the world, really. We're leading the world with our love and our feminine energy. Like it's all in all the podcasts and articles that you see, women are bringing the love back to the world. We're trying to bring love. That's what yours is. Mine is Love Works. My company name is Love Works. You know, I've been doing this for 30 years and God bless the younger people to have the tools now to put your message out. So I'm proud of you, but the younger people are not getting married as some of them aren't getting married until they're late in their thirties and forties. Now I work with people internationally. It's so fascinating, Melissa, the worldview of love and how they view American love. It's not as sacred. I want people to have sacred love. And that doesn't mean it can't be spicy. You're not a nun. You're not going to be always holy, holy. And you're a media personality. So you get your juice. I think you need to go out more and network more. Come with me. I'll take you out. (laughs) I love networking. And when you're networking, it's like your joy bug comes out because you're speaking about yourself. And your husband knows all sides, your media side and your talent and your joy and your wisdom. You have so much wisdom. And you would get the juice from being out. And I don't feel the need to have sex with another man. But I do like when somebody tells me that they think I'm pretty and they want to work with me because they feel my love and my genuine heart to help them. So that makes me like full. And then that feeling that you get, and sometimes Joe will say, wow, did you see that man that just walked by? He was checking you out. And I said, he was pretty hot, you know? And he said, he wanted you. He wanted you. And I said, the same thing about him. I just had a Christmas party and there was women there and they always go, who's that guy over there? And I said, that's my husband. You can flirt with him, but he comes home with me. You know? <laughs> so it's, it's all in the way you play with it and you make it playful. Yeah. I found that since I've been in this relationship, I've gone through such a huge transition in just who I am. I've found myself a lot through this relationship. And one touching point is that a lot of people say, oh, you need to fully know yourself if you want to attract the right partner. But that right partner really helped me to discover parts of myself that I didn't yet see. And so how much does that play in? How much clarity do we really need to attract the partner that's perfect for us? Or is that something that most people find throughout that journey? I'm constantly sharing with my clients to stop searching in life and instead start aligning. It's true with purpose, with relationships, with higher versions of yourself, and it's also true for hiring. The best way to search is actually just to match with Indeed. Indeed is your one-stop hiring platform with millions of job seekers visiting every month, and their powerful matching engine helps you find quality candidates fast. Plus, Indeed lets you schedule interviews, screen applicants, and message candidates all in one place. But Indeed isn't just about speed. They also deliver quality. According to a recent Indeed survey, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. 
I love Indeed because it makes hiring so much easier. I'm all about alignment in all areas of my life, and that includes people I hire to work in my business. So I need a hiring partner that makes it simple to find candidates with the right skills. And that's Indeed. And what's really cool is Indeed's matching engine gets smarter the more you use it, learning from your preferences and over 140 million qualifications. Plus, I love that I can do all my hiring in one place. It's just one less thing to keep track of between all of the other things. So join over 3.5 million businesses worldwide who rely on Indeed to find great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash mindlove. Just go to Indeed.com slash mindlove right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mindlove. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How much does that play in? How much clarity do we really need to attract the partner that's perfect for us? Or is that something that most people find throughout that journey? Well, I can tell you that from working with over 500,000 people, most of them don't know themselves well enough to be able to actually speak their word about who they are. And part of my work as a love designer is to help them look at themselves. So Get Real About Love, my book, is about looking at who are you? What every person that comes on your listens to your show is either in the middle of something that they know they shouldn't be in. They're looking for a relationship and not sure because they might have had a few relationships that hurt. And so they keep a guard, right? They have a big wall. Some people are just brokenhearted and they're like, I can't do this again. And then other people are like, God, I learned so much. So wise. So wherever you are, you're going to meet you, you know, whatever your beliefs are, whatever you're thinking about love. So I'll ask your audience and you, if somebody believes 70%, they really want love and 30%, uh, they're not really sure. They don't have, if it's 50, 50, they're going to go out with 50% of a person that doesn't believe in love and 50% of the person that does. So that is what is the key to figuring it out, number one. And number two is that you can't listen to what other people think. It's all about what you want. So once you know your top values, and I have questions and questions to examine you and you record what you say, then you can find out how you're actually marketing yourself when you're out. And if women are all competing and they're sexy and they walk out super sexy, they send out a wrong signal for wanting a man to honor them when they show all of their stuff right out on the streets, you know? And that's why the whole Me Too movement was really kind of a mixed bag in how it got presented because the women knew what these men were back then. That was sort of the Hollywood way. I was here, I had lawyers and different people tried to do things to me in offices and I walked right out. But not all the women did because they wanted to become famous, okay? But they had their little short skirts on when they went to those meetings, sending mixed signals. And I don't think it's totally fair. And now it's affecting all the relationships around the world. So if you want to find a relationship, you can't have that defense that all men are a certain way. You have to know that there are men. I have met some of the most amazing, amazing men, but they don't all look like Brad Pitt or a young movie star that you're fantasizing about. You've been taught to, that a prince is going to come and he's going to look like these hunks on The Bachelor or whatever. Women are obsessed with that show, with all these men. And it's like the really good guys, some of them are just, they don't want to go through all the trouble. You need to be open 
to send clear green light signals to men that you're interested because they're too scared to say you look beautiful. And here you've spent an hour and a half to get dressed, to go out, to look good. And all the men are standing up against the wall with their hands covering their balls because they don't want to be considered a rapist or accused of something that if they flirt with you, you know, and some women go a little overboard with what is the line. So I am a teacher of flirting, but it isn't about flirting to get sex. It's about flirting with life with people. Just if you don't know how to do it, you're only looking at a person. Men, this is what men do. And I talk about it. They walk into a room, they scan the room, they pick a target. Right. They pick one woman that they're attracted to. And women do the same thing. We all go out to dinner with a bunch of girls and they all giggle. We get a drink and everybody looks around and they go, wow, look at that guy over there. But guess what? There's 50 other people in the room watching everybody. I love to watch people when I go out. I love to see who's there looking. I can tell who's upset. I can tell who's divorced. I can tell the bitterness. And I start reading people. I start doing readings. It turns into a thing every time I go somewhere. People say, that's the love girl, you know? So you don't know who's watching you. So this is a very important fact. When you want to look for love and you're anywhere, it could be anywhere. It could be at the 7-Eleven. My cousin met a man at Wawa who was looking at her in the parking lot and he went in and followed her and they just looked at each other and she said, hello. And he said, if you hadn't said hello to me, I would have never come over to you because I was too afraid that you would think I was stalking you. And he was stalking her, but he wanted her to be <laughs> smooth. Okay. They're dating now. Okay. So it's really up to us and always has been, even through the olden days, lead the men with your love and sprinkle a little magic in the path and let them follow to get to know you, your heart. It isn't about rushing, all the swiping, all the online dating. It's all wonderful, but look at your message. Look at the messaging. Look at what you say about yourself on Tinder. Want to have a good time? Meet me at blah, blah, blah. Men think they're on it or women will think you're a player. What are you sending out? What messages, you know, are you really open? And I think that that same thing goes, whether you're in relationship or out of relationship, that energy that you're cultivating within yourself is going to be exactly what you attract. And so getting whatever, you don't need to be completely clear about everything you want in life or what your relationship needs to be. But how do you want to feel right now? And what energy do you want to bring? Because I think that's something that we often overlook where we might be with a partner and we blame them for the things that are missing inside of us. But I have found that if I ask myself, hey, what do I need? And I focus first on finding a way to give myself that, yes. it almost naturally comes from my partner or from my friends or from the universe. Like those things are, are automatically drawn, but first I have to fill that need. And it can't be like a it can't really be like this dire need that I need somebody else to give me. It's got to be like, oh, I'm working on this. I'm working on cultivating this. And suddenly it's reflected everywhere in my life. Have you found that? Absolutely. Positively. I literally, when I stand in a line at a restaurant or a Trader Joe's, I hear people say things. I turn around and I say, did you hear what you just said? I always say, like what you're saying, once you shift it in your mind, it becomes part of your conversation, then it becomes a part of your belief. And then all of a sudden, something magical shows up, right? So I say, this man said, oh, God, I don't know what I'm going to do about this girl to a friend. And I said, well, what happened? 
And he said, oh, I did this for her. I did this for her. I did this for her. And she just dismissed me. And I feel so sad. And I said, so you what, You tried to rescue her? Are you a rescue vibe? And he just looks at me. He goes, who are you anyway? And I said, you just gave her too much. She wasn't sure why you liked her so much because you didn't even know her. Like people sometimes over, they're so worried about themselves that they start to spew out negative things about themselves right away and the person backs off it's like knowing yourself and your value and how you treat your own heart is how people will treat you if you're hard on your heart you're going to end up attracting somebody that feels the same way i have journals and journals i always tell people to journal your feelings after you went out are you open when you go out? Are you in a kind of in a relationship? And then they waste a year of their life thinking, where is this relation? They're not clear about where they are, but they're going out to flirt to see if somebody else is available so they can maybe get rid of John, the guy that isn't really the one. So they may, people keep doing this because they don't want to be alone, but then they end up hurting the person they're dating and wasting time with that person and not opening the doorway to the real person, right? So that's one of the other things that people do. They pretend that they're okay with someone when they're not. Every relationship, and you said this earlier, when you got married, you thought, wow, I'm bringing pretty much a pretty whole person to a relationship, but there's nothing like a relationship to push all of your buttons from your childhood. You have a little girl that comes out in you, and he has the little boy that comes out in him. And once you know those subtleties and those gentle weaknesses in a person, which we all have, then you can help to build this strong bond with each other. And this goes for friendships and family. So when you get in that space, you have that one part of you that gets triggered from something that you're thinking right about yourself at that moment, even though everything's going great, you'll hear a song that'll bring you back to a memory, right? You'll go into this space where, wow, It's brought me back to this feeling when I was 13 and Bobby hurt me or whatever. And then your husband will say something and it'll irritate you. And you don't even know why you're activated from something from the past. So when you're with somebody all the time, that happens in marriage or in close relationships. So it's growing together and saying, wow, when when you said that the other day, that made me feel sad because it reminded me of this. And maybe next time you could hold the way you said that because it hurt my feelings, you know, speaking up in the moment. I don't know. There's just so much to say about it. Um, but I hope that helps. Did, did you get the meaning of that from? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely did. And I wanted to touch back on when you mentioned really knowing your worth when you go into a relationship. And two stories came up for me. One is I used to have a friend who had a lot of money and knowing him as closely as I did and watching the way he was in relationships, he would meet a girl and then buy her a flight to Hawaii first class and then like buy her shoes and wonder why all these people were using him for money. And I'm like, well, you're leading with this one piece of value. And I could see it from knowing him well that like he was afraid not to lead with that because then it would show he was being rejected on another level or being rejected for him. And I did the same thing for a time. And this is why I have conflicting thoughts about the Me Too movement, because on two incidents i was definitely the victim of me too incidents where i do not feel at all at fault with those but in plenty of other areas i think part of that led me down this path of like that was my first sexual experience was being taken advantage of and then after that the next few men in my life were most interested in that part you know and 
so I began to lead with that. And I definitely went through a slutty phase where I thought, you know, if I said no, then would he still be around tomorrow? And what that ended up perpetuating was mostly they already got what they wanted. And so they might not be around the next day unless, you know, I was hitting them up for sex or something like that. So it's interesting, though, about really understanding that your worth is more than I'm the best cleaner. I'm going to always do your dishes when I come over or I am going to give you sex or I'm going to buy you things. What are your tips for really owning your worth on a deeper level of just being human and being worth it just as you are before you go into that relationship so you don't make one of those mistakes? Well, first of all, you have to know what triggered you to become like that, because usually men, I work with a lot of guys that are like that. And I go, let me come and meet you like you're going out on a date with me. And I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions and I'm going to tape record you. Right. So tell me about yourself. What are you passionate about? Well, last year I closed this multimillion dollar deal. They start with the money. And then I got my boat, you know, in the marina. I'm going to have to take you there. And they start right out with all that. And I'm going, no, that's not what I asked for. I was talking about you, like your soul. What made you want to do what you do? What drives you? What does your family like? When you ask those questions, you're going to go, wow, he doesn't like to celebrate anything. So I always tell my clients, I'm going to give you the five top questions that you need to ask based on me answering you, answering your answers to giving me your answers to, to my questions. They didn't even realize the values until they thought about it, right? Like what makes you who you are? What did you want to be when you grew up? Tell me how you were raised. Everything starts when you're a kid about your confidence. So when you get married, sometimes that little kid shows up in your bedroom or in a fight at work with a girlfriend that made you feel like the girl that stole your boyfriend. Like I had a friend that, and when I was 12, that's went into a truck with my boyfriend and let him feel her up. And I had never let him done anything. And then I thought, huh, maybe if I did that, boys would like me too. you know, started the same process like you had, right? So everybody has these things and you have to look at your own. That's why, what are your insecurities? What are the things that are your pet peeves? So you can ask people, does it really bother you if I can't eat cheese? You know, cause some people are foodies. You have to know yourself so well that you're confident and you're not afraid to speak up for who you are. And nobody is going to be a perfect match, but it's the basic core value. Your, your top ones, mine's family. And letting me be free. I'm like you. I'm a free bird. I do not want somebody telling me I have to be home at five o'clock cooking dinner. And I told my husband that I need somebody not jealous. Know yourself so well that you feel really calm. It's just like having a pitch when you go and somebody says, well, what do you do? You can say it, right? And they say, well, what do you want? Where do you see yourself in five years? When I ask people these questions, they sit there and they're like, what do you do for fun? And they've been married for 15 years. They go, I'm not fun. That's why my wife left me. I don't know. I've been working to build the house and my business. I work all the time. And I said, well, then there's where you got to start. Because if you don't feel powerful, you don't feel like you can market and brand yourself like you do with people, your businesses and everything. It's the same thing. You're writing words for algorithms, right? You're putting keywords out into the world about yourself. How about one girl had her title was work hard, play hard with her booby pictures in there. And I said, wow, I guess you want to get late, right? And she's like, no, that's not true. I said, did you read your profile? So I changed it. Busy professional woman has everything I need except the love of my life. I am, I love to work, but I have plenty of time for love. Most of the people on the internet, they want fast results like this. 
they go out and keep doing the love loop over and over and over with the quick fix. So if you want real love, that's fun to do that, but just slow down the process. Know yourself so well, be able to feel that value that you have and just ask the question to see if it matches and would fit into your lifestyle because you're building a lifestyle with somebody. If they go to church and they are religious Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and you want to go do a book signing and you're going to have to go pretend that you're going to go pray in the synagogue, you're lying to yourself. People have, they fake who they are to bend to that other person instead of saying, this is it. I'm a healer of the heart. I like to talk in front of people. I take men and women shopping. I might not be home all the time. I teach flirting classes. Come and see my life. Show them your life first before you drop your panties. Jump in if you don't meet their friends first. I, you can tease people. You can be sensual and playful when you're dating, but you do not. I repeat, you do not have to drop your panties or get laid by the third date. Guys always, women say, well, he expected it by the third date. I said, so what? What do you want? Maybe you want sex right away. That's your call. Maybe you want to be multiple guys and have multiple partners. That's your call. But at the end of the day, Is that going to make you happy not knowing where he is and you're going to have all these lovers? I dated a guy that wanted me to do the swinging thing. I looked at that lifestyle. I went to a big event and I did interviews with everybody. It didn't look that fun to me. It didn't look like people were really that happy. And almost 70% of the couples I interviewed, the women were doing it because they said, my husband's going to do it anyway, so I might as well be there. That's not a reason to go have multiple sex with other people when you're not all into it. But if it's your life, hey. Go for it. You know, this has been going on. My mom, I told her when I went to this big party, I called her and I said, mom, I went to this swinging party. It was thousands of people and everybody was swapping. She goes, oh God, that happened back in the seventies. We used to go to these parties. Whose keys are these? And that wife would go with him. She didn't know. She was so innocent. And she went and says, some man walks up and says, I got your husband's keys. Come with me. She goes, what do you mean? He goes, this is swap night, wife swap night. She didn't even know. She goes, this has been going on for centuries. Hey, did she follow through? (laughs) No, she walked out. But, you know, it's interesting because the man who threw it, this is when I was a kid. I was watching this when I was a kid. That's what led me to want to understand love because I was Italian. There was a lot of girlfriends and cousins and aunts getting divorced. And they all came to our house for therapy. And my mom was the therapist. So I got injected with this from birth, listening to drama. So I help people out of the drama and wake them up. Know yourself, know your worth. Don't be afraid to say this is it. And, you know, I have guys that come to me, they want a multiple sexual partner. I said, make sure you're honest. It's all about getting real about love. What do you want? Who are you? What are some of your things you might be holding on to in your heart? A lot of people have blocked hearts and they made a decision that they're never going to love again. There's amazing people out there that want to be your partner if you're single, but you have to believe in yourself. And you have to put yourself out there. I always tell people in your neighborhood, within one mile of your house, especially if you live where I live or Santa Monica, I live in Marina. I can walk everywhere. I meet people every single day and I'm married and women say there's no men. They are at happy hour. They're at sporting events. They're at real estate conferences. They're at bars at seven o'clock, five to seven, having happy hour because they don't want to cook. They go to the grocery store between seven and eight o'clock at night. I go to the grocery store and it's all men. One night I have my, if I can send it, I'll send. There's a video of me walking down the aisle. Women don't think there's any single men. Look, and I walk down. 
all single men with a little basket, right? <laughs> Getting their broccoli and chicken or then the other ones with pizza. You could tell the healthy ones and the ones that were jocks. There must have been 10 men in there. And then I went around and I said, are you single? Yes. Are you single? Yes. All of them were single. A couple were married, but most of them were single. So there's only your attitude and your energy. So I take people through a process. Of where are you in your life now? Are you either breaking up, you're open for love, or you're in between, right? So if you're still healing, and then you go, well, I'm going to have a lover right now, and then I'll heal myself up, woohoo! and then I'm going to get back in the game, right? Well, a year will go by, two years will go by, and then you'll meet somebody, but you're hooked up, but you're not fully there. So watch when you have temps. People, I call them temps in my book. When you have a temporary person, sometimes they take up the precious time for you to do the reflection. Instead of numbing the pain with food, drugs, running around and screwing, people need to get real about themselves. And then you can see, wow, I've already done all this work. All you have to do is ask a person five questions and you can find out what level they're on. Like, where are they in the dating game and not try and heal someone or get them out of a funk or be that person that they heal with because you jumped in bed with him and then his wife came back. Oh, he told me his wife and him haven't had sex in a long time and he's moving out. I said, let him move out first. (laughs) You tell him to get rid of his situation and then maybe you'll see him. And people ask me, how did you meet my husband? Okay, I was a workaholic. Anyone out here that is a workaholic and you're at home all day long on your computer, you need to take time for love. You need to carve out special time. And this is for married people, single people to get out of your house, to keep your juice going, carving out time to make dinner, to really be connected with your friend. This Valentine's Day or the month of love. You don't have to be married to have Valentine's Day. You could be single. You could be dating somebody. But it's up to you to design your own day to make it fun. So when I was single, I brought all my friends together that were single. We all brought a single friend. And we went out to dinner. And we brought a gift. And everybody got a gift. And we talked about the love to come. You know, So use Valentine's Day as a visionary time for love. Valentine's Day is really a time to reflect um, not only on people that romance, people in your community giving love to the people that you don't really tell that you love them. So I'm a big advocate of, I give out little kids Valentine's to my girlfriends, like little princesses. And I like to have symbols of my love. So I like to give people hearts because you're in charge of your own heart. No husband, no best friend. It's all you and your connection to your higher self. And if you have pain in your heart still, then you need to do the inner work to blast open your heart, take chances, do crazy things. So I believe in intention. I believe in creating a plan. I believe in getting support from mentors. And I believe in visioning. So those are all the things that I like to cover in my book. But it's all about how you think about yourself right now. If you're sad that you don't have a Valentine Day, switch the mood about it and go become that love. Go give love to people everywhere. And it doesn't have to be romantic love. And when you're doing that, people see your vibe and it's so attractive. So you're not just out flirting. You're just being that love everywhere. You're focused on the intention, but you're still giving it rather than waiting to give it to somebody that's coming in your future. Does that make sense? It's like, give it now and they're going to flock toward you. That's so powerful because it just shows you like you have to first figure out how to be the person that you want to be when you're in a relationship. 
It's not about like, hey, once I get this love, then I'm going to be happy and then I'm going to be this. Like you have to figure out how to be happy and be fulfilled first. And then that's going to be attracted to you. And the, the clearer you get about those things, instead of trying to be the person that you think your dream guy would want, which is what I used to do, maybe giving him sex too soon, maybe pretending I like sports when I hated sports, <laughs> the amount of football games I pretended that to watch. Kind of, I have friends that their husbands watch football all weekend long, or they be for ski trips and they told them, I love to ski, you know, so be careful. You know, it's funny. You're making some site I have here and I have here. Would you want to date or marry yourself right now? So I always tell people, Go look in the mirror, go look at your attitude, think about your attitude and what you've been thinking lately and say, would I want to marry myself in this situation that I'm in, right? And then make an appointment with your own heart to do some reflecting and look to see if you have passengers remaining in your heart, people that are stopping you from believing in yourself, something that happened, an old story. And I hear some of the most wildest stories. And believe me, in my book, I tell mine. All my frightening, I tell all of my stories in my book about the heartbreaks and what blocked me from love. And if I could say anything, please do not allow a heartbreak to stop you from learning. Some people just shut down. They read books and stuff. They don't do the hard work that it takes to heal. So really, if you ever need help with it, I would love to. I'll give you a free consultation, anybody that signs up for my gift. And some of you will win a book. But it's important for you to really take a good look at your heart and reflect on what's most important. And we have that side of us that's unhealed. If you don't take those sides and make them all go in one direction, you're going to keep getting split relationships. It's like a loop. You keep meeting the same person over and over. So I can help break your love loop (laughs) and help you get clear. It's really powerful. It took me a long time to write about it because. I am no different than anyone that's watching me just because now I have this extraordinary relationship. It takes work. It takes commitment. It takes heart. I I never thought I'd really be happily married. I always thought marriage might get boring, but like my mother always used to say, if you're bored, you're boring. (laughs) So you need to spice it up. If you're bored, it's time for you. And you don't, it doesn't always have to come from your mate. It comes from inside your spirit. And doing things that only you know that make you happy. I know shopping makes me happy. What makes you happy, Melissa? Yoga. Being outdoors, doing something active. Deep conversations that go beyond the surface level. I love do things that I haven't done in a long time, especially like artsy things, making stuff. I like things that I can hold and touch, tangible things. That's the Taurus in me, which is probably why I like gifts so much. But I like to just keep little keepsakes. But then I also have been practicing minimalism. So I only keep them for like a couple of days and, <laughs> and then I get rid of them. There's a you're lot that makes me happy. So. So, so you're a minimalist, huh? No, no, no. I am not no. by nature a minimalist, but I also don't want to be a hoarder. And so it's a fine line. And so, yeah, I accumulate too many things. So I try to release the things that's that good. are obligatory. <laughs> oh, that's really, that's great. Well, I'm so excited. Is there any other things you want to ask or questions? Well, I think that we've learned so much in this episode. So thank you for not only helping us create the spark, but also ways to keep it alive in existing relationships. So for listeners who are really resonating and want to go an extra step with you or learn more about you, where's the best place for them to connect with you online? 
Well, they can find me everywhere. My name is Renee, R-E-N-E-E-P-I-A-N-E, Renee Piani, the love designer. They can go right to my website. I don't know if you have a link um, that they can go to, but they can go to reneepiani.com forward slash contact and fill in a form and I can give you a free consultation to see how you could spice up your love life. And I would invite everybody to pick up my book online because that is all the stuff I'm talking about. It's kind of all condensed into one. It's really for people that are a little leery about love and they want to blast open. But even married people can learn. If you learn about a person's upbringing and their role modeling and you look at your own, you can see how things will fit with that little girl, and little boy inside of you. It's a, a kind of a varied conversation to kind of touch married people and single people, but it's really up to you to get real about love and make sure that you are taking care of your own heart first. That's the number one trick and to get in touch with these, some of the questions that you might be thinking about, wow, I got to think about that. You know, your love lineage, the way you were raised, the way a man was raised so that you can see if your hearts are going to go in one direction to support each other, to have an extraordinary life. And if you're single, you have to really Take a hold of your heart and be honest with yourself so you can have extraordinary love. And I promise it works. It took me a while to find it. And I'm just here sharing all my wisdom. So I thank you for having me as a guest. All of the links from this episode will be in the show notes at mindlove.com slash 117. And if you're single, I also encourage you to check out episode 44 and 90 for more about finding love and attracting your perfect match. And if you're in a relationship, check out episodes 60 and 61. Those two episodes are still two of my favorites. It's actually helpful for those of you that are single because they'll help even in your platonic relationships. But I got a lot of feedback from those two with spiritual leaders Guy Finley and Heather Ashamara. So check those out. So I challenge you this week, instead of dreading V-Day, use it as a reminder to celebrate. Create your own energy around this holiday. You get to choose, always. What does this day mean to you? Are you going to let it anchor you into feeling like you're unworthy or feeling like, oh my gosh, another pointless holiday that we've got to spend money on? No, everything in this existence is what you make of it. So what are you going to choose? Most Valentine's Days, I don't like going and spending $100 on a meal just because, hey, this is what our society created as the markup for February 14th. But sometimes I like it. And you know what? It's just as special, if not more so, taking a trip to the grocery store together and coming back and making dinner or trying something that we haven't done before. Maybe packing a picnic and going on a hike with a bottle of champagne. What sounds special to you? Is it doing something that's already sacred in your relationship or bringing in something new? What sounds special to you as a single person? Do you want to have a night of self-care or you can go celebrate your femininity and your freedom with a group of friends? Or maybe you want to pay tribute to a very special relationship like your best friend and get her a gift or you take your mom out to lunch. What would make you feel good? Focus on that. 
recreate the energy around this holiday. And I really want to know the ideas you come up with. So share them with me at mindlovemelissa on Instagram. And if you post what you're doing that day on your story and tag me, I will reshare it for all Mind Love listeners to see. So I want to see some of the ideas that you come up with, even if it's just going out to dinner with your loved one or going out with some girlfriends, take a pic for me. So I'm excited to see what you come up with so that we can compile new ideas for next year and maybe share those. And finally, share this with a friend who needs to hear it. You all have that friend who's just hating Valentine's Day every year. Maybe she gets super sad or even angry or just talks about how she hates it. Share this episode and maybe that person's you and you need to listen to it again. Subscribe, rate, review all the things if you found this podcast useful. And as always, thanks for giving your mind a little love today and I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into your higher frequency with Mind Love. Head to mindlove.com for a free gift to keep your vibes up until next week. 